If you haven't heard last week's episode yet, it's probably a good idea to go back, listen to that first, and then come back here, because this week is the second half of my interview with Lee Stranahan. You're listening to Committing High Reason, the podcast that brings you the thoughts that count. With your host, Rabbi Yaakov Shapiro. We have nothing to do with Israel. Israel is to us no different than China. A country is created in 1948 by a bunch of people who, by the way, did not like Judaism, did not like Jews, and actually created such a country and the entire Zionist movement in order to transform Judaism from a religion into a nationality so that, and this is what Theodore Herzl writes, and the last page of his book, The Jewish State, which was the Zionist Manifesto. Once Zionism gets off the ground, anti-Semitism will disappear off the face of the earth. That's a quote, which, of course, it failed. It was a failure, absolute failure. Now, he wrote this, of course, before the Holocaust. Later, the Zionists, they found themselves stuck between a rock and a hard place. These were assimilated Jews, Jews that didn't want to follow the Jewish religion, but were persecuted in Russia in particularly and other places, too, for being Jews. So they had what I call an identity crisis. Am I a Jew? No, of course not. I, I don't want to be Jewish, but they persecute me for being a Jew anyway. So what do we do? So the answer is... If we can't assimilate uh, into other countries, we're going to make our own nationality. And nationalism, of course, in the 1800s was the big thing. And they decided that the Jewish people are going to become a nationality. And even though they didn't ask us Jewish people, the vast majority of Jews then were not Zionists. But a hundred years of propaganda of having the ear of heads of state. Theodore Herzl actually had a Christian clergyman, Reverend William Hechler, who was a, and he he introduced Herzl to heads of state. They had uh, Chaim Weizmann, who was uh, a chemist for the British Army, and they had a lot of money and a lot of political connections, and they were able to convince the world that they represent the Jews. And meantime, us traditional Jews, we'll call them, us uh, Orthodox Jews, all we want is to be left in peace, to be... Like King David says in the Psalms, all I want is to sit in the house of the Lord, study the Lord's law, pray to the Lord, and just leave us alone. Kind of like Shaolin monks, but with different hairdos, you know, and and we don't wear orange. But the Zionists went around with the support of the evangelicals, of course, and, and saying, no, look, the Jewish people want to return home to the land of Israel, which we didn't. That's not a Jewish idea. Uh, certainly not without a messiah, even with a messiah, not as a political nationality, but rather as part of a spiritual remaking of the world. But they took Judaism, they they secularized the religion, which is an oxymoronic concept, and they uh, created Zionism. And now suddenly, after a century of propaganda, they literally uh, rewrote Jewish history. They had a guy, Benzion Diner, who was a the minister of education in Israel under Ben-Gurion, and Ben-Gurion gave him a task, go rewrite Jewish history as a nationalist history, and and he did. Uh, Gretz did it a bit before him, but they actually rewrote Jewish history, rewrote Jewish values, Jewish politics, and then to the Jewish people, they told them, you know what, 
Forget about our ideology. We will protect you from more holocausts. We will protect you from anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is going to kill you. So they actually advertise that Hitler is around every corner and the only safe place is the state of Israel, which actually is the most dangerous place where Jews live. So a, a century's worth of propaganda uh, combined with a state sponsored indoctrination, meaning in Israel, plus the political connections the Zionists have. We uh, Shaolin Jews, so to speak, don't stand a chance in terms of the PR that's necessary to get the word out. Well, and you know, what's here? one of the things that, that's occurred to me, uh, and this is part of the crisis I was having before I found you in, in your work and all the other, the, the other people who agree with you, is that uh, Islam, Christianity, and Judaism all have the same root, right? So those, as, and I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not even trying to make an argument better or worse than non-Western religions that don't have the same root, but they do have the same root. And the thing that you're saying about Judaism has also happened to Islam. I, ta- I know Muslims who feel the religion's been hijacked and misrepresented. I talk to Christians who feel the religion's been hijacked and misrepresented. And in a way, it's all the same. The details are different, obviously, right? Right. But that, but that sense that somebody took the essential message of, of God and hijacked it and perverted it exists in Judaism, uh, see, and I was not aware. See, here's what was interesting. I knew it. Ex- I knew Muslims who felt that it had been uh, taken away, and I knew Christians who felt like it had been taken away. I didn't know any Jews who felt that way. Yeah. Everybody I knew who was Jewish went hook, line, and sinker along with the Zionism line and then everything about Israel. That was everybody I knew. Or they were atheists. But they were, you know, Jewish. The people I, uh, I went to school in in White Plains, and uh, uh, White Plains in New York. Yes, I mm-hmm. lived in Chappaqua, and I went to a uh, school that was started by uh, advocates of Ayn Rand, the author who wrote sure. *Apple Shrugging the Fountainhead*, mm-hmm. which is very. Uh, Ayn Rand was a Jew. Mm-hmm. Andy Bernstein, who was my dorm father, was raised Jewish, but they were all atheists. Herb Grossman went to Yeshiva University. He was my math teacher. So almost everybody there who was a teacher of mine was from a Jewish background, but they were all atheists at that point. And so Andy, but Andy grew up in Brooklyn. So he knew where the good delis were. Huh. And and so we would go into the city sometimes and he knew where the good delis were, but he was completely, everybody I knew. But he, again, there was never this sense of like, well, Israel and Zionism have taken Jews away from Judaism. And now I go, well, yeah, it's obvious to me now. Right. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd literally Yakov, until I saw your work, had never heard it. It once in my life had never heard the idea. It was just I took it for granted that Israel, Zionism and everything else or Judaism. It was the same thing. Right. So my my position on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, let me rephrase that. My involvement 
in the Palestinian-Israeli conflict is not, not much different than in the conflict between India and Kashmir or uh, uh, Vietnam and the Cham Muslims. It has nothing to do with me. Yes, it's true that Israel claims to be doing this in my name. And I say all the time, you've heard this from me, we have nothing to do with them. They're crazy. They claim to represent us, but they don't. But in terms of uh, right and wrong, the conflict itself, you know, when I say this, so there are Palestinians get all upset, some of them, and they say, why don't you care about Palestinians? It's not that I don't care about Palestinians, but I don't need to be involved in this any more than the Christian guy next door to me that lives on my street. I'm an American, and I'm Jewish by religion, and there are human rights issues all over the world. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict is no more or less relevant to me as a Jew than any other conflict. As an American, it's actually relevant to me more than to a Jew because America, as you said, gives tax money to Israel. Okay. But as a Jew, what connection do I have with Israel? Save to deny and to tell the world that their claim that they represent all the Jews is fake. But if if Japan, let's say, or Bulgaria would say we represent all the Jews and therefore our political positions are the positions of all Jews, do you think that there would be any Jews that would be involved in the Japanese conflicts or the Bulgarian conflicts because they claim to be representatives of the Jews? No. So as far as I'm concerned, it's not that I don't care about, I care a lot but in terms of my Jewishness, I am as connected, that's the best word, I am as connected to the human rights issues being produced by Israel as I am to the human rights issues being produced by India and by China and by Japan and by Syria. I have the same amount of, of connection to it as I do to those conflicts. So it has nothing to do with Palestinians. I'll tell you the difference between me and the Code Pink people. If they, if Israel and the Palestinians would one day make peace, everybody would be happy. Let's say uh, two states, three states, whatever they want. Uh, they'll give them, rep- whatever the solution is. But Israel would remain claiming to be the state of the Jewish people. Let's say the Palestinians get their own state and they'll be happy with that. Let's just say in theory, right? I still would have nothing to do with Israel. These people would be very happy with, by, by saying Israel is their state or they're, they're somehow connected to it. I'm not connected to it at all. Judaism is a religion. And we became a nation when God gave Moses the Torah on Mount Sinai. These guys claim that Jewish identity, if this is a disagreement as to what being a Jew is. To me, a Jew is a job description. God gave Moses for the Jewish people on Mount Sinai, 613 commandments, actually, not just 10. There were the 10 commandments. We don't call them 10 commandments, by the way. In Hebrew, uh, we colloquially refer to them as such, but in Hebrew, they're called the 10 declarations. We have 613 commandments and many thousands of sub-commandments. And if you are obligated to perform those commandments, you're a Jew. That's what it means. According to Zionism, being a Jew is a nationality or an ethnicity, like being a Spanish or like being Italian or, or something to that effect. And it's, it's, that's, that's the difference. And as far as I'm concerned, Israel has nothing to do with me at all except that they are annoying me by creating anti-Semitism, dragging me as a Jew into their conflicts because they claim that they're doing this as Jews and the Jews this and the Netanyahu claims that he's a leader of the Jewish people. They even referred to Netanyahu as prime minister of the Jewish people. 
Isaac Herzog, the opposition leader, actually said that. He's prime minister of the Jewish people. Um, Naftali Bennett, after, if and you remember, Barack Obama insulted Netanyahu, he called him a coward. He used a nasty colloquialism to describe it. And Naftali Bennett, who was then minister of education, he wants to be prime minister now, he said that Netanyahu is not just the prime minister of Israel, he's the prime minister of the Jewish people. And insulting him is insulting all the Jewish people. No, this is identity theft. That's my problem. Even if they and the Palestinians, and I hope they do make peace, and I, I care about all the human rights issues there as much as I do all over the world. But any connection between the Jewish people and some political entity, whether it be the state of Israel or the Republican Party or anything, any connection between intrinsic, organic connection, any organic connection between the Jewish people and some country claiming that a country is the state of the Jews, that is an attack on my religion. It's as simple as that. Well, and it's it's an attack on it. And, and you and I have talked about this identity theft issue before. It's also identity theft. If someone's going to steal your identity, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's different if it's a, a good Samaritan who looks like Brad Pitt who stole your identity, right? And if it's a, a, a criminal, right? Because if a criminal is going out and saying, I'm Yakov Shapiro and robbing people all over town, then that it's, it's, it's a double injustice. Number one, they're not you. But number two, they're making you look bad too. Whereas uh, like somebody who's out there doing charitable works and, and uh, with a gleaming smile, you're like, I don't know, maybe that's Yakov Shapiro. Maybe I won't say much. You see what I'm saying? And so the problem is what they've done is Netanyahu and Israel are giving Jews a bad name. Absolutely. And they're creating anti-Semitism. Statistics show the uh, Cantor Center for Anti-Semitism of the Tel Aviv University shows, I didn't read their latest report, but year after year, they put out reports on anti-Semitism. They're not like the ADL. The ADL are activists. These guys are scientists. And year after year, they put out a report. And basically, the bottom line is that when Israel gets into controversy, anti-Semitism all over the world goes up. And when Israel is not involved in controversy, get this, anti-Semitism all over the world goes down. You never heard that anti-Semitism goes down, right? Never. But it does. It goes like the stock market. It goes up, it goes down. And Israel won't publicize when it goes down because they want everybody to think that the whole world is unsafe for Jews and therefore they should move to Israel. The entire thing is crazy propaganda. I know the difference, Lee, between what uh, you say this happened to the Muslims and to the Christians, uh, misrepresentation versus the Zionists. The Zionists did something unique. Let's take the Islamists, right? And you heard from Muslims that they misrepresent Islam and they make it into terrorism. You see, those Islamists say this is... Our, this is what the Quran says, and we're religious Muslims, and this is what the Islamic religion says to do, right? That's not what the Zionists say. The Zionists claim to be acting in a Jewish way, claim to be Jews, the epitome of Jewishness, but they don't even believe in the Jewish religion. Ben-Gurion said he doesn't believe in the God of the Bible. He doesn't believe God ever spoke to prophets. He doesn't believe that you can pray to God. God, There there is no God that listens to prayers. And he doesn't even believe the things it says in the Bible. Nothing. He doesn't believe it. But he told the British that the Bible is their mandate and that 
the designers claim that the land is theirs because it says so in the Bible, even though they don't believe in it. As many people have pointed out, God promised them the land, but God doesn't exist at the same time. This is, this is unique, this oxymoronic, self-contradictory ideology that collapses under the weight of its own absurdities. And still, it is believed by thousands and thousands and, and millions of people worldwide simply because of propaganda and because of fear-mongering and other holocausts that, that was... Uh, the Holocaust and anti-Semitism is leveraged by them to say that the only solution to this, as if it is any solution, just makes it worse. But to them, the only solution is Israel. And it's just propaganda. It's an entire worldview created through propaganda. And all we want, all we Jews, uh, Orthodox Jews want is to be left alone. Don't say you represent us. Just don't say you represent us. Let us live in peace with the world, even if you don't want to. Just let us live in peace. We don't want to blame for what you do, but I'm also not interested in credit for what they do. They win a Eurovision contest. That's Israel winning, not the Jews. They win a, a soccer championship. That's Israel, not the Jews. It has nothing to do with me. Some of these uh, stars or singers can be Jewish. Maybe they're not Jewish. It makes no difference. There was a there was a French Olympic star who was Jewish. There was Sandy Koufax was Jewish, right? Israel is not my team. Israel is a foreign country. It has nothing to do with me. Just let them leave us alone. Let people understand. That's all I ask. Let people understand there's a difference between Judaism and Zionism. Israel is not the state of the Jewish people any more than Bulgaria and China is. And, you know, let's just get the truth out there. That's all. Well, I, I, not to push a point too far, but I think there is a slight equivalence, a slight mm -hmm. two, two, for instance, I, I very quickly learned in DC from talking to Uber drivers, <laughs> Okay, the, the strip club bills that Saudi Arabians run up when they come into DC, they, they, the, you know, these are people who represent again, the, the, you know, Saudi Arabia, they brag about being the seat of Islam, the holy cities, yet they spend a lot of money at strip clubs, which is not something is really representative of, of Islam or the same way child molesting priests or millionaire televangelist aren't necessarily represented. That's not representative of Christianity or of, of Christ message, certainly. And so I, again, I think there's a slight, there are, the details are different. I think part of the thing is because so few people, uh, outside of Judaism, understand Judaism. Oh, that is spot on. Bullseye, bullseye Lee. That's exactly the point. Exactly. Yeah. And so one of the things that you said that had a profound impact on me, because I was the, the crisis I was having was going, gee, I'm seeing Netanyahu involved in this thing, genie energy. And you know, I've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. It's an obvious ripoff. It's an uh, it's rich people trying to get the land on the Golan Heights to make money, so that seems greedy. And then I would see the murderous stuff that that Israel was doing, where you know they you know, Mossad is famous for assassinating people and so on. And I was like, I was like, okay, this, this is making Jews seem greedy and murderous. And w when you, and I'm sure you've said this. Um, in a number of speeches. I don't remember which one it was of yours, but you were talking about uh, the reaction to the Holocaust. You're saying like, as, so I'm paraphrasing, I'm not trying to, uh -huh. I'm getting it wrong. Forgive me. 
But you said basically, as a Jew, uh, even even you look at the Holocaust, the Jude the Judaic view is that the Nazis were like animals, and in the same way that I don't feel guilty, it's not my fault if a bear kills me. Right. And you know the point you you were making, but I was like, wow, that is that's that's a a fundamentally religious view. You don't feel humiliated. Right. It's not a humiliation when an anti-Semite, it is obviously, it's something that needs to be stopped and it's right. evil, but humiliating, it's not. No, and it's the story I told you about Malula, mm-hmm. where these Christians were, sh- were murdered, right? Yeah. The reaction of the people I spoke to, and you'll understand this from a religious standpoint, was not, and we're going to kill those guys. It was that these people had not, they'd been martyred, martyred, right? Mm -hmm. That they died for their religion, and it was nothing to be ashamed of or anything else. And their reaction was not vengeance. You see what I'm saying? It was not, it's exactly what you're describing. Nobody I talked to in Malula was like, and so we need to kill those guys, those, those, those Muslims that did this. They were kind of baffled by it. You know what I mean? They were kind of like, it surprised us. Right. I mean, I understand even if they would want to kill the perpetrators, okay? Punishment, right. I understand. But the idea that they were humiliated by it, I agree that's nonsense. Jabotinsky, the Zionists, it, yeah. all over their original literature, it's a, a repeated theme that's there constantly that anti-Semitic attacks are humiliating to Jews. After the Hevron massacre, and Jabotinsky said this was a, there were Jews that were killed, dozens were killed. He said, this is a terrible humiliation for us. Humiliation, that's, what, that's your problem, humiliation? There are people dead, maimed, uh, bodies butchered, humiliation? If that's the only thing that, that's the only degradation that it's not. Humiliating? That's the difference. We look at the anti-Semites like animals. If these were lions and tigers and bears that caused the Hebron massacre, nobody would be humiliated. Maybe they'd want to put down the the animals that killed the people. I can understand that. But to say that was a humiliation? No, it doesn't work that way. Zionists had low self-esteem. That's really the problem. They had low self-esteem. They were wondering, why are we persecuted? What do people have against Jews? They absorbed a lot of the anti-Semitic attitudes into themselves. And they said, yeah, we, we got problems. We got problems. We got to fix our problems. It's not the anti-Semites got to fix their problems. We got to fix our problems. And, and once we normalize ourselves, we change ourselves, anti-Semitism will go away, which obviously it didn't. And then and, they... And, mm-hmm. Well, no, I was just going to say, and the other thing, the other problem that I was just saying, people don't know much about Judaism. And again, so I'm just, I'm not, this is not a criticism. It's just reality. Uh, you're not out there on a heavy evangelism drive. No. You don't go to you don't go to Times Square on the weekend and then go come join the join the ultra orthodox Jews. And so because of that, people aren't here. They aren't hearing the truth. If that makes sense, it that makes be- perfect sense. And even if I would be out there in Times Square, how can I compete? with what the Zionists have. They got lobbies in countries. They got newspapers. They, they, they are so powerful. They really are. I'm sorry to say, but they really, really are powerful. 
How could we compete with that? How? No, you know, and, and the more I looked into it, you mentioned the ADL, the more I looked up, and I think you and I have talked about this a little bit before, when I saw the Leo Frank case, for instance, 1913 mm-hmm. uh, murder case in Georgia, which was the, that's where the ADL started. It, for me, my, you know, my fundamental issue is not, uh, is not Zionism. It's not my, it's not my fundamental issue. The fundamental issue that I cover politically as a reporter has been the past four years, Russiagate and, and the related stuff to that. Mm -hmm. But you can't actually understand Russiagate really. And I really mean this. And again, Russiagate's not your issue. You know, you know something about it, but I realized that if you don't understand what you're saying, Yakov, and what, if you don't understand the difference between Zionism, Judaism, and Israel, if you don't at least understand that, you can't understand what's going on in Russiagate, for instance. You can't, and I, I really mean this. And so I had to learn a lot. I had to learn, for instance, about the CIA. Again, not your issue. Mm-hmm. But to understand Russiagate, I had to learn all these other sub-issues. The history of the CIA. I had to learn the history of uh, England, going back to Cecil Rhodes and Anglo-Americanism and the relationship and all of this other stuff. And the the Zionism angle is actually so important to understanding what's happened politically in the past. Russiagate goes back about two, three decades to the fall of the Soviet Union. You can't understand you can't understand israeli politics israeli politics in the u.s today without understanding your component of it you know what i mean by your component definitely the part, the part that you focus on and so for me as a reporter it's like a, a a jigsaw puzzle where the zionist aspect of it is like a really important part and is a whole bunch of pieces and it's very complex on its own but to me it's that chunk of it, that corner up in the upper left-hand corner ties into, like, you can't understand, for instance, why Jared Kushner, let's just take that. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't understand the stuff you, you understand, when I talk to people who think like most Republicans think, they don't understand why Jared Kushner might betray Trump in the way that it's obvious he has, because they they don't get it. They go, well, Jared's, and they have a benevolent view of Israel and Netanyahu and everything else. And they don't understand. And they, and they, again, uh, I, the average Republican, when they think of, if, if you were playing a, a game and you said, name the top five uh, religious Jews, Jared Kushner, would, Ben Shapiro, oh, those gosh. two dudes would come up in everybody's list. Oh, gosh. Yeah, the most just, highest profile, I got it, especially amongst Republicans, right? That's right. And and now I understand, I go, well, not, not at all. Uh, but if you, if you understand it, the people who defend Ben and defend uh, 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 Jared, let's say, they're not, the, the fundamental thing that drives it is they're not anti-Semitic. In the same reason, in the same way, that a lot of Democrats are Democrats because they don't hate black people. And they view it since they're not racist. 
they have to be a Democrat, right? Because the Republicans are the only racist ones. And so, and they don't get that aspect of it at all either. And it's a similar thing, well-meaning Republicans. And you and I have talked about this before privately as well, Mm -hmm. over lunch and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. is I'm trying to figure out, as soon as I found your videos, Yakov, I started sharing them on my, these video broadcasts I do. And I would just share the whole thing. I wouldn't clip it. I'd just go watch this lecture. And a certain percentage of people in my audience, maybe 10%, immediately got it. They had just, wow, this changes everything. And it really did change everything for them. Nobody said to me, oh, I already knew all this stuff. Wow. Every, but 10%. And then I'm sure there are those that didn't believe it. There, yes. And well, maybe this is, and they were very conspiratorial about it. Well, how do you know Yakov's not secretly? <laughs> right. I'm serious. See, okay. Yeah, I you, got it. How do you know he's secretly not pro Muslim? And then eventually, when you and I met, I could say to people, uh, no, he's not at all. Pro- I'm not no. pro pro anti Muslim. Muslims a different religion. I have. Uh, there was a Muslim actually lived next door to me once upon a time. He was a very nice guy. But other than that, well, what do I have to do? Muslims a religion. I'm a religion. It, it, they're not an issue. It's not an issue. You know, it it, it I, you, they mean like pro like anti Israel, like pro Palestinian. Probably that's what they mean, right? I have nothing to do with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Nothing. It's, to me, two foreign countries or two foreign entities, political entities, two political entities in a political conflict. That doesn't mean I think one is, one is uh, they're both equally right or they're both equally wrong. No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean that I am just as connected to it as I am uh, of, with any other political conflict in the world. This, this idea of a secret Muslim had come up with Obama. And by the way, it was started by Democrats, basically, Sidney Blumenthal. The, the idea that Obama, whatever he says, he's actually a secret Muslim intent on the destruction of America, and he wants it to become a Sharia state and everything. There, that, a lot of people, way too many, who are Republicans believe that. So literally, some people were like, well, maybe this Yakov guy like Obama, is a secret Muslim. He's actually pretending. And and I just had to say, no, no, that's crazy. But but that's part of what you're up. I mean, not you. I know. But but that's part of what the truth is up against. I know. Uh, all, all we want is to be left alone. That's all. Just leave us alone. Stop claiming you represent us. Don't don't drag us into your politics or your state or anything. Whatever you do, whether you're right or wrong, you are a completely foreign entity. You have nothing to do with us. Don't connect us to your escapades. That's all. Very simple. Yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's also, uh, believe it or not, I think it's a lot more, I, you and I have talked about this too. It's a lot more closer to, I li- I'm living in South Dakota now. Right. So, I didn't grow, I grew up in Massachusetts. I, like I said, I went to school in New York, lived in California for a long time. I never spent much time in the middle part of the country. And subsequently I've spent time in like Idaho and here in South Dakota. And the people up here are, are closer in fundamental values to someone like you than 
a lot of people, which is we just want to be left alone. Mm -hmm. We have simple, you love your family. I know, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's that kind of thing. It's not trying to put a big, uh, uh, it's just leave us alone. That's what it is. And I don't think almost no Republicans realize how Zionism has hijacked Judaism or how it's hijacked the Republican party and how antithetical it is to their religious values and their interests and their interests. That's right. And they, and so they, they think a guy like Jared Kushner, let's say is they go, okay, well, I guess he's kind of like us. He loves, I'm not saying he doesn't love his family. I'm not saying that at all, but you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. There's other agenda going on and, uh, people are being tricked by it. So that's been one of my areas of frustration uh, for the past three years. It's like once I saw the truth, I was like, okay, well, let's get more people to see it. Uh, the Netanyahu was in Poland once and um, they asked him if he needs kosher food, right? And he said, no, 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 I don't need kosher food because he's not observant Jew in any, any, in any way whatsoever. One day there was a, a a motion in the Polish parliament to illegalize the kosher method of slaughtering animals. Shechita, it's called. And somebody brought up that, no, the Jews need kosher food. And in the Polish parliament, uh, the response was, well, of course they don't. Netanyahu came here and he didn't eat kosher food. He's the prime minister of Israel. If he doesn't need kosher food, why would any other Jew? You know, and this was brought up in the Israeli Knesset. Aliza Levi, one of the Knesset members, brought this up. And Netanyahu gives the Jews all design. They give the Jews a bad name because uh, the Jews are the people of the Torah, of the Jewish religion. They are those like Netanyahu who believe that, who claim that the Jews are a nationality. And then there are those like Ben Shapiro that say, it's a religion and a nationality, that Israel is the state of the Jews, that the Jews are a nationality, but also religion. So there's different levels. But the idea that the Jews are nationality, this Jewish nationalism, that's what Zionism is. It's nationalism. It doesn't belong anywhere near Judaism or, or, or the Jewish uh, or Jewish identity at all. Oh, the world is a crazy place, Lee. Tell me about it. Tell but me about it, Yakov. Thank you. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Of course. And anytime, anything I can do, I really do want to, as much as I can, help Thank you for listening to Committing High Reason, the podcast that brings you the thoughts that count. For more material from Rabbi Shapiro and for this episode's show notes and links, head on over to www.committinghighreason.com. 